Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, anyway, 403-974-8255. We'll have some time for your phone calls coming up after 1 o'clock as well. Something else we're chasing today, there's a hockey association in Victoria that has made a decision that any girl that wants to play hockey has to play girls-only hockey. No longer will be the choice for girls to play with the boys. That's causing some consternation, but it is a real dilemma for girls hockey, isn't it? Because you want to make sure you have enough girls involved that you can make competitive teams, you know, separate girls by skill. uh, So it's not lopsided. And the argument in Victoria is we don't have enough girls right now to do all of that. Girls, we have smaller teams. They have to travel farther. So that way, if we just put all girls into the girls hockey program, that will help. Problem is, there are some girls who are really good hockey players and who prefer the challenge of playing with and against boys. So if you take that away from them, are you hurting their development as athletes? I think there's a real concern there. So that's got the debate reopened. We'll talk a bit about that. How do we develop girls hockey and develop girl hockey players? Getting a lot of reaction uh, on the text to this uh, hockey story. Now, we'd reached out to the Vancouver Island Hockey Association. Uh, we'd also reached out to, to a few well-known and prominent uh, female hockey players, many of whom, of course, uh, live in Calgary. Uh, so that's still a work in progress, and, and hopefully we'll still be able to have someone to come on and talk about all of this. But there's an interesting advisory posted at the moment on the uh, Vancouver Island Hockey Association, uh, hockey Association website, the V-I-H-A, Viaha, we could call it. I just, uh, I've coined that acronym. Uh, proposal for a new female-only minor hockey association in the capital region has recently been received by Viaha. The proposal is currently going through the process of being reviewed. Within the next few weeks, committee members involved in putting the proposal together will be asked to meet with the South Island presidents and present their proposals. From there, if supported, the proposal will need to be supported by all of the remaining 11 Viaha minor hockey associations, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So basically... People need to register pretty soon here, and it's not clear whether this is going to be in place for next season. So here's how it would work. Because technically, girls could still play co-ed, could still play with boys. But that would mean playing on two teams. So any girls uh, signing up for the Vancouver Island Amateur Hockey Association would have to play on an all-girls team. They could choose to also play on a boys' team, but that would mean being on two teams, and it would mean that the games and the practices of the girls' team would take priority, would take precedent. So, that's a tough decision for families to make. You can play on two teams, and you're only going to be kind of be half on one of those teams. That's a tough decision to make. So, yeah, you, if you see the story, and you're going to hear officials with the Viaja saying, oh, no, 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 you, they can still play on boys' teams, but that's how it's going to work. Now, they say they're doing this because they get the best interest of girls' hockey in mind. 
Problem is, if you give girls the option of playing with the boys, those who want to play just girls hockey, there's fewer of them. That means fewer teams. That means you've got girls with all kinds of different skill levels on the same team. they got to travel further to, to play other teams. They're trying to address that. And at some level, I sympathize because it is an issue. How do you get more girls involved in hockey? I mean, part of it is you've got, obviously, ringette as a competition. A lot of girls play ringette, and that's a sport where it's exclusively girls. And there's some pretty elite, high-level girls ringette out there. In fact, I know one family, got two daughters, play ringette, both phenomenal players. The younger one was originally playing both hockey and ringette. Made top-level hockey, was going to play with the boys, but then decided, well, I'm the only girl here. Right? So it's a, it's a tough decision. I think for girls, maybe there is a preference to have some girls to play with that are of comparable skill. And my son plays hockey, and he's played with girls, and there are some girls, uh, you know, some families I know, that have really amazing young daughters in hockey that are really, really good and can more than hold their own with the boys at the highest levels. And if you force them to go into girls-only hockey, that's not really going to help their development. I mean, you look at the elite players like Haley Wickenheiser, Shannon Sabados. What have they always strived for? To be able to compete with the best, to be able to compete with the guys. So why deny them that opportunity? Can't we do both? Because, yeah, maybe there are girls who just, they're, they're not trying to be superstars. They think hockey's a fun game. They want to go and make friends and just have fun. Playing hockey, and obviously when you get to those teenage years, then you've got the added awkwardness of the dressing room situation. And I get that. It's, you know, it's tough for those girls who want to play with the boys. Now all of a sudden you're in a room all by yourself. Maybe you don't quite feel like you're a part of the team. But if these girls are good enough to play at those levels and play with those boys, why not? Got a text here that says, My sister grew up playing Division I boys hockey. Nothing comparable in girls hockey. They have less qualified coaching and don't challenge girls the same. Most high-level players grew up playing with the boys. Girls should be able to choose where they play. Another text here says, Rob, speaking of girls hockey, I used to be friends with one half of the twins who took their school to court because they were forced to play on the girls' team when they were just as good as some of the boys. They could try out for the boys' team, but there was a rule that said if their team made it to the playoffs, they'd be disqualified because they had girls on their team. It took two years to settle. I believe it became a human rights issue. You know, I think the ideal situation would be if you had enough girls playing hockey, you could have elite-level girls hockey with some of these girls who clearly are, are capable of playing at that level. And, and you do see it. I mean, there's junior hockey, there's college hockey, obviously, at you know, the Olympic and, and um, world championship level. There's some pretty elite girls hockey. But it's just there's just not enough, right? And I get that that's a challenge. This doesn't seem like the right kind of response to me. What do you make of this? 403-974-TALK. Uh, let's say good afternoon to Julie. Julie, hi. Hi, how are you? Really good. Um, so I actually have a daughter who plays um, hockey in Airdrie. And the Airdrie Association is doing it a little bit a little bit more sneaky. So they've said, if you pick a girl on your team, you have to have two girls on your team. Um, so they can get used to playing with girls. My other daughter plays at the novice level, and they decided at that level that they had to have five girls on each team so they could be a part of, you know, the girls' section. 
but neither of them could care less. Like right. it wasn't like there was a little girl's corner when they were in the dressing room and the girls only talked to the girls. But I think at, at the lower levels, though, like at Timbit or whatever, or novice, there, there is no girls only. Isn't it, isn't it all co-ed at that point? It's not, actually. In Airdrie, they're really trying to push all girls hockey. And they have so girls teams even at the novice level. At the novice level, yeah. And so there's been a big push. Um, and my daughter didn't want to play girls. So I said, you know, play where you want to play. But they've kind of taken out, they've taken out their skill and are just looking at them because they're girls. So my, yeah. my oldest daughter played, um, played peewee this year and she didn't get part of the draft. So the, they just decided to put two girls on every team. Well, she's a good player, but now she's not looked at as a player. Now she's just looked at as a girl. And, you know, they're trying to, you know, do that in hopes that more people will go to the girls' side. Well, and, and like I said, I can kind of understand why they're trying to build up girls' hockey. But, uh, yeah, the expense of uh, girls who would rather play with the boys, other players at their level, that, that's frustrating. So what, what do you think the, the solution ought to be? I, I think they get to decide. And if there's not enough girls to um, play just girls hockey, then you have to travel. It's no different than any other sport. If there's not a team in your vicinity that um, is of equal caliber, you have to travel. And, it, and it's the same in soccer and hockey and, and everything else. Yeah. You know, you, you play to compete. And, you know, I, I just don't think that girls have to be playing with girls. They just want to, like my daughters, they want to play hockey. They don't, they're not there because that's where the best friend is. But eventually they will be, won't yeah. they? I mean, if, if they get to those older ages, it, it does become. It does a way. little bit. But, you know, again, that's a choice. There are, you know... That's the choice that they get to make, mm -hmm. whether they want to play co-ed or whether they don't. And I think, you know, people deciding for them, I don't think that's fair. Yeah, that's a good point, Julie. Appreciate the phone call. So there you go. So, like, I mean, I think these associations would get criticized that they didn't have programs for girls, that they didn't offer hockey for girls and didn't have girls teams. So they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. Or if they said, no, no, we're not going to have girls teams. Any girls, they got to go play with the boys. I think people would say, well, why not? Girls want to play hockey. Why can't you have a girls team? Why can't you have girls hockey? What's the problem there? So, okay, all right, yep. Yeah, okay, we've got a girls team. We've got a girls pro program. Let's try to build that up. Well, wait a sec. These girls still want to play with the boys. So they're getting pulled in different directions. I get that. Uh, I had a text here. It says, in regards to girls hockey, number one, you have to play against people better than you to get better. And this one, replace the word girl with black doesn't make sense. Well, okay, that would be awkward. I don't think that's the issue here. I don't know that that's quite a parallel. So, well, you know, black kids just want to play with black kids. Let's have a Negro League. I think they tried to spin it that way uh, back in the day with Major League Baseball. But no, I mean, it's understandable that, you know, some girls would rather just play with girls and to have girls hockey, girls teams competing against girls teams. But for those girls who are good enough to play on the boys' teams and who want to, that shouldn't be an issue, I don't think. All right, let's see what Matt has to say. Matt, go ahead. Hi, how's it going? Real good, thanks. I was just calling because I grew up playing hockey and I really enjoyed it. And we did have a girl on our team and, and uh, didn't have any issues uh, playing. But it was, like you said earlier, about how she was had to be in a separate dressing room and... So there was that kind of disconnect sometimes where 
a lot of the time she was in her dressing room, we were in ours getting ready, and then uh, we'd go out onto the ice together, and the coach would have the pep talk, pep talk together and everything, and that was that was good. But I was also, I guess, looking at the flip side of it too, is there were sometimes guys who were uncomfortable uh, just having a girl on the team, and and I guess the the side of like having girls uh, improve their skills and all those things is is great for mm-hmm. the individual, but like I think that issue in Victoria is also related to the girls hockey program not having enough girls, and I think when you want to build a good program, you want to keep your best players in that program. And, you know, just like when you go to the Olympics or, or things like that. Um, and by the same token, by improving the players and growing their self-esteem and things like that, uh, you're also, you know, sometimes on the flip side, if you had a really good female hockey player, it could hurt the guys' feelings playing on on the guys' team. And so I know I, we've been hearing a lot about how the the girls, you know, the girls should be able to do whatever they want to do. Um, but it, it's kind of like joining into the men's sports. Um, and, you know, for the most part, guys don't really care too much. But I know sometimes there were guys who kind of like, you know, uh, I think a comparison would be there were sports like boxing and martial arts where they would put guys and girls together and sometimes you would have an older girl going up against a younger boy and he would have like a white belt in karate and she would have uh, a couple belts higher than that and she would win the match and you know you're improving her skill but at the cost of kind of crushing that boy's you know confidence as well and it wasn't even kind of a fair match to begin with because you're putting up someone at a higher level up with a lower level, but also um, putting them in that situation. And so I don't always agree that it's best that, that you know, men or women have to be in the same uh, sport, especially if they have a comparable uh, event, right? And I think we can still grow women's hockey mm-hmm. uh, with women playing at the highest level of women's hockey. And, you know, still having maybe some type of situations where there's a co-ed where men and women maybe play together. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's yeah. kind of okay. what I was thinking. Matt, I appreciate the phone call. Some interesting points there. And, I mean, there's kind of a paradox, isn't there, where you sort of need those elite female hockey players to help grow the program. So you do need like the Haley Wickenheisers of the world, uh, to come up and to play against the best and to play against boys and be that elite player to kind of become the face of girls' hockey. And Haley Wickenheiser does a lot for, for girls' hockey. She does camps uh, and, and is really an ambassador. And I think that's great. And that's helping to, to grow the game and get more girls interested in hockey. But I think in order to produce someone like Haley Wickenheiser, you, you, need, you need girls coming up that way where they're playing against boys, where they're holding their own against boys, where they're growing into elite players, and they can go on to play at the highest level, represent their country, and excel on that stage and get girls interested. So that's the paradox. How do you grow the game 
And how at the same time do you develop those elite female athletes? Uh, an interesting text here says, I played professional hockey with Aaron Witten, who's a U.S. female Olympic goalie. And we as players accepted Aaron as a player on our team, not as a woman or a female. He says, and kids don't shower after the games or practices. What's the problem? The female players uh, get their undergear on in a separate room and then join the boys in the main room. Right? So that, yeah, that stuff can be accommodated, I think. 403-974-8255. More time for your calls and your texts right after this. All right, 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. Let's get back to the phones, and we'll say good afternoon to Angelica. Angelica, hi. Hi. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I actually didn't know I was going to go on the radio or anything like that. Well, but... you are on the radio. <laughs> I've been playing hockey magic. since... Oh, very much so, okay. I guess. Um, but I've been playing hockey since I've been 13 years old with the guys, and I'm almost 30 now. I played some with the guys all the way up to midget, and then I played in the NCHL and the CHL with the guys team right now. In the CHL? Uh, yes. Where did it's you play? CAHL. Oh, the C- um, oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you meant yeah. CHL, like junior A, CHL. No, no, no. no okay, no. sorry, sorry. Like, until we okay. with the guys, and then as an adult, just the beer league. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I'm one of the very fortunate ones who's never, ever run across any issues with anyone, ever, with any of the guys. It was just like a previous caller stated, is that we would get changed in the, like, put on our undergarments into the washroom, and then come out, and it was fine. And they treated me like one of the guys, treated them just like I would anybody else. Mm-hmm. I wasn't fortunate, though. I've heard bad stories as well from other female hockey players, but I've always been treated very, very well. And, I mean, the guys would try to target me because they would see the long hair and try to put me in my place, you know, just to be like, well, if you're going to play with the guys, you got to, you know, hang out with the guys. And never had any issues ever with that whatsoever. Interesting. What, what position do you play, by the way? I, I play defense, and I'm okay. not very big. But um, Wait, Do you play contact youngest, at all, though? Oh, yeah, full yeah. contact to midget. Like, so I played midget A in oh, wow. Abbott Street, BC. Yeah, and that's with the guys. <laughs> and um, the thing is, is growing up, I'm the youngest of five, <laughs> and uh, my father put me into like, all these body-checking courses to make sure I knew how to take the hit. That was key. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I used to box as well, so, I mean, I could definitely throw down if I had to on the ice for sure. Yeah, and I it was crazy it. that, yeah, these guys would try to target me. <laughs> But they, my team wouldn't go out of their way to protect me. They would protect me if someone did something cheap, like what they would do to anybody else on the team. And I love that. Right. Would other teams, would players on other teams try to chirp at you, like get off the ice girly, go play hopscotch, was, or that, you know, something like that? I've been called every name under the set. Yeah. Every single name that you could possibly think of, I've been called. And the thing is, is that, Again, I was one of those fortunate ones where my team would back me up. Like, we had fist fights actually break out inside the locker room area with the other team. <clears throat> I even had um, my sister would make a big sign that says, my daughter, my sister kicked your sons, you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because the guys were trying to target me, and I could always, always handle myself. So, But you feel I mean, you missed out at all, like, I mean, that, that camaraderie side and, and making friends with, with other girls when you were younger. Did you feel like you missed um, out on that? So I was more of a tomboy anyways, and um, I did play some female hockey at the same time. I was playing lots of hockey, so I was on two two to three teams per year kind of thing. Wow. So no, no, not really. Some of the girls were kind of intimidated, and I think once you kind of can talk and you play hockey with them, and then they appreciate you on their team too, and then they see what you're doing for the sport of hockey as well, and you bring different, I don't know, 
an atmosphere to the changing room. It really, I don't know. I never really had any issues at all with the other females. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. All right, so what, what do you make of what they're trying to do out on the Vancouver Island, where all girls would automatically be on a girls' team? They'd have the option of also playing on a boys' team if they wanted. Isn't that already available? Well, I guess the girls don't have the choice, is what they're they're proposing, where you'd have to play on two teams. You could play only on the girls' team, or you could play on the girls' team and on a team with boys. You wouldn't have the choice of just playing on a team with boys, and whenever there's a conflict, games, practice, the girls' team would take priority. Oh. I mean, once you start adding rules to anything, it always becomes, um, like, politics suck in hockey. That's actually one of the main reasons oh, yeah. why I dropped out for a couple <laughs> years. So politics anywhere, just keep them out and just let them do what they think is best. I mean, clearly, if she, you know, let's say the female, if she can't handle it, she'll know. <laughs> she'll know very fast. The guys can be much bigger and stronger and, you know, they can hit harder. But you, so, is I mean, it, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Is it unfortunate, though, that, that the girls hockey and the girls teams kind of get seen as like the hockey ghetto? Like that's where the crappy players go. You don't want that perception, do you? Um, absolutely not. No, I mean, the female hockey that I did play was extremely high caliber. I mean, I could barely keep up with them. And when I could, I was very excited. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good. <laughs> but some of these girls are blowing me out of the water. I just think that <clears throat> the training, the facilities, they got to take it a lot more seriously and maybe put more money into female funding for, I guess, their training. Um, I think that's the only thing. Once you add politics into it, it's just going to go downhill very fast. Yeah. Yeah, great points. Angelica, thanks so much for calling in here today. Really appreciate that. Yeah, have a good one. You too. There you go. That's a great perspective to get. And how about that? Angelica. That's a great name. That is certainly, I think, an underused and underappreciated name. When are there more people named Angelica in this world? Answer me that. Anyway, 403-974-8255. The way to reach us here today. Your calls, your texts, as mentioned, coming up after 1.30. We'll talk about these labor law changes. It really seemed to come out of nowhere. Oh, sure, we consultated, the government says, but that was a really rushed consultation. And it seemed to all have a predetermined outcome. So we're going to go through, we're going to talk about some of the changes that the NDP are bringing in and why employees, or rather employers, are worried. And why is the NDP stacking the deck in favor of unions? Well, maybe we know the answer, but we'll get into that coming up uh, after 1.30. Later on today, Vasha Capellas, Global News. We will preview this weekend's conservative leadership race. Tomorrow, the decision will be made. I guess the question is, how far is this going to go? How many ballots is it going to take to crown a leader? How much wheeling and dealing is there going to be in between? There's a lot of candidates still in the race. Only one dropped out, as you recall. So we'll talk about that later on as well. Uh, revisit the uh, controversy around prayer in school. You know, the school board uh, in Alberta confronting the issue. We'll talk about that later too. My name is Rob Breckenridge. This is After- Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.